Hello, everybody. Welcome to the AS Natural Health Podcast. I'm Michael Eisner. Today we have Bill Stringfellow. He's a Vancouver Island resident, so a fellow Canadian. Uh, he describes his upbringing as being raised in a solid, supportive family. He played a lot of hockey into his teen years. He then pursued a career in the emerging IT industry. After 30 plus years in the industry, he decided to retire. For the last 17 years, he's focused on studies and real-life experiences in health and fitness. He was diagnosed with AS and went through the normal battery of medication. He then became unsatisfied with that form of therapy and chose to take his condition into his own hands. He embarked on a health journey experimenting with exercise and diet. And it was not until he switched to a paleo-primal lifestyle of no grains, low carbs, moderate animal protein, and a good quality, good quality fats that his stiffness and inflammation started to disappear. So, I mean, that's, that's really cool. That's uh, it's a kind of a whole different... Um, Nothing new. I mean, a lot of the people, I think people listening have heard this, but you know, you're a success story with the diet. So I'm really very interested in hearing about how your journey went. And um, it's a pleasure to have you on. Well, thank you, Michael. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, took the invite and have me on the show. I think there's a lot I can share with everybody on that path. It is a little bit different. Like, you know, we spoke about it. Most people follow a different way of getting out of AS. Mine was strictly diet determination, you know, right for you know, just pretty, pretty well about five years in is when I really got excited about, you know, trying to get myself cured the natural way. Cool. That's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, we share that in common for sure. I, I, I yeah. believe that it's possible to naturally yeah. heal for sure. Um, well, tell me a little bit about, tell us a little bit about who you, what kind of person you were before symptoms began. Well, I was very active, um, worked in the IT field, had um, about 21 people reporting to me. I was responsible for um, data centers and networks for acute care health facility. So there was a lot of stress upon me. So that was one of the, one of the key things that now, looking back, you know, contributed to some of this. Um, was very active uh, weight training, did a lot, you know, did a bit of running. Uh, diet, I was following a lot of the so-called uh, high-carb, low-fat diet at that time, which was, you know, what everybody did for that many years. And then I had my wife, and then we had two kids. So, and, and it was go, 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 go. And yeah, we had lots of energy, positive person, you know, and things like that. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it kept me, I kept very busy, and, and, and the stress levels were high. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then how old were you uh, and what were the symptoms when they began? I, I turned 39 and the first thing that happened is um, I got stiffness in, in my jaw area and to the point that I, I walked into work and, and when I spoke, I spoke like, like, like this. And what had happened is my tooth had actually and my jaw had misaligned by one, by one tooth and it was causing issues in that way. And then it moved into my neck and then it, it so it was, it was weird. It, it moved from my mouth to my neck and then it went down into my lower back 
And then it went, it missed my hips and my knees, which, which I, I couldn't believe that that would have happened. And then it ended up in the bottom of my right foot, the pad on the very front. And that's when it really started to affect me from a physical perspective, um, from, from the other part of speaking, that was, di- you know, different. Like you're trying to figure out, well, you know, what's going on? Am I having a stroke or, you know, things like that. But when it hit the bottom of the foot, that's when it stopped me from being able to run, mm-hmm. to weight train, play, uh, playing hockey. I could still do that because you don't have the pressure on there. And then what was really weird is it then it went over to my left foot and stopped in my Achilles tendon. And it, and it was so painful that I, I used to, like, if I went to a hockey game, and if you're sitting in the seats of a game and you actually touch behind on a piece of metal of that, it would just send me through the roof. Hmm. And, and, that, and that's kind of when I, I, I went to my, I started to go to my GP. And, you know, to find out, like, you know, what's going on here. You know, we did a bunch of tests. Um, couldn't really find anything, you know, like most people go through, you go all through all the tests. And then he sent me off to a rheumatologist at that point. Mm, Okay. And how long did it take before you got uh, the diagnosis of AF? Well, it was six weeks with the, with the physician, the GP. And then as soon as I went to the rheumatologist, it was, it was like we had one or two sessions and he had figured it out and wow. and really it was it was the gene you know he checked for that um hlb 27 exactly which again they usually only check that for people who have as and then there's so much percentage of, of you having that particular gene and then he it was funny he measured around around my chest and had me you know do a bunch of movements and stuff like that and came back and said you got as <laughs> and then we you know so it's like okay so and it was funny because, you know, you're searching. It's been six weeks and I'm trying, you know, and, and you're worried, like, what's going on here? Nobody can figure this thing out. And then all of a sudden he comes up with his label and then you kind of go, ah, you know, then you felt, OK, OK, they've identified something. Right. OK, so now he can fix me. Right. And, and this is and this is what, you know, what I went on for the first little while is that, you know, he's going to fix me. Yeah. Yeah. And then at that point, um, then we started to play with medications. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So again, how long was it uh, from when you started feeling symptoms until you were diagnosed? It was probably about maybe another two weeks after. So eight weeks. So I was a very short period for me. Yeah. It was like, like it hit me hard, Michael. Like it, it was like, boom. Like, because I was going, like, you know, he asked me previously, yeah. I was fine. And then all of a sudden, it was just like one day I woke up and my, you know, my life just changed. Right. And was, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sure you've uh, analyzed it or thought back, but I'm just curious if you can think of, I know you were under a lot of stress, work and everything like that, but was there anything in your life around then that you think might have triggered that first onset? Like, uh, yeah, know. you know, it, it's funny, like. And, and I mean, I didn't want to get into a lot of detail here, but I, I like there was an underarm deodorant. It was just weird that I always wore, I wore, and then oh, all serious? of a sudden, uh, an underarm deodorant that I always use the same way. And then all of a sudden I was getting rashes from it and, and being part of the hospital in a roundabout way, they forced you to take a few of a, a flu shot because you had to be able to work. You had to have the shot. 
And so for a lot of the years, I was taking these flu shots. So it was somewhere in about the fall. I had my flu shot about two months later. I, you know, my underarm deodorant kind of went weird. This is like you're saying, all looking back, like the, yeah. this stuff just seemed kind of normal. Right? Yeah. And then it was June. And then June, it just all of a sudden, that's what hit me. And so it, it was a short period, but, but also thinking back is I remember running and running to a corner and, and, you know, when you look over your shoulder to see if a car's coming before you go across the road, like I was getting stiff yeah. in the neck. Yeah. So I, these were little clues, but they weren't big things. Like it wasn't something, you know, like all of a sudden like an aha moment. Mm-hmm. But now that I look back, yeah, definitely. I can oh, see okay. that trend happening. Right. But, but it was maybe, like I said, maybe six months out you know, it, looking back okay. when I had those issues. So, um, from when you started using medication and uh, definitely want to know which ones they put you on, sure. uh, how bad did uh, your symptoms get? Like what was the, you know, worst it kind of got, I guess. Well, before the, before I took the medication, I, I would say it'd be severe. Like, like I, I try and, you know, you get out of bed in the morning and it's like you put your feet on the floor and it's just like you're in pain. Then I would hobble over to the bathroom and then, you know, you kind of start moving around. You get a bit better. Um, as the day went, you know, I got better and better. If I sat for a while, I kind of stiffened up again. And then by the end of the night, I was functioning. And then I'd go to bed again and I'd wake up and the same thing. And you wouldn't want to get out of bed. You just lay there and you'd go, I know this is going to be painful. Right. But I got to get up and I got to go to work. I got to make the money for the family. Mm. Uh, my wife worked, but also, but we had, you know, you have payments and, and you need to go to work. So it was getting out and getting in to go to work. So it was very painful. But where I fell into that fantasy land is when I went and seen my rheumatologist and he's prescribed the drugs. And, and again, it's been a while, but I'm, I'm going to be, it was probably about six but four, yeah, it was probably four weeks to six weeks. The symptoms started to go away, and after, then again, I got after yeah, taking like medication. I, I, oh yeah, like it was and, unbelievable. Like and I do took you know, the Are you sure? Were they NSAIDs? Well, what they were is one was methotrexate, okay, which is the one that lowers your immune system, mm-hmm. and the other one that I was taking at that time. I think it was Vioxx before they discontinued, you know, before they took it off the market because of the heart issues they were, it was giving everybody, but they worked perfect. Like it was unbelievable. Like you take it four weeks, six weeks later and I was functioning again. I was able to go to the gym. I could do all this great stuff. Yeah. The only downside. And and again, looking back um, was that I, I was getting my blood tests every month. Okay. And it didn't really dawn on me. Like, you know, you'd go, go get your blood test and I'd go see the rheumatologist and we'd look at my sed rates and, you know, um, things like that. And they would be coming down or they'd go up a little bit, you know, so he would tweak my, my uh, medications. Sometimes I'd get too much methotrexate and you'd get like ulcers in your mouth. Mm. And those were painful. Like those would be hard because then you couldn't, it was hard to eat at that point. But then we would just kind of adjust, adjust the medications. Right. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, and how many years ago was this again, roughly? Well, we're we're talking year two thousand. So okay. what are we at? Eighteen years. Eighteen years ago. Okay. All yeah. Right. Eighteen years ago. 
And uh, well, are you cur- currently on any medication? Just for no, nothing. Record? Just not just right. good food and, and stress management. Right, and we'll we'll get into that for sure. Yeah. Some more. Um, is there anything else about uh, about your experience with drugs you'd like to share or medication before you? Talk about your transition and what inspired that transition. Well, I think they were important, Michael. When I really look back at it, if I was ever, if you asked me, would I do it again the way I did it? And I'd probably say yes, because it got me into a point where I could function. And that was important because from being positive before, you know, I was a very positive person before. And then when it hit me, I had such a short period that I didn't lose that positiveness. Mm. And then the drugs took over and they allowed me to function. But I didn't think about a lot about it because I had so much stuff going on in my life that I, that I, I was just so happy to have the medications at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so it kept me positive. It kept me going. And then there was a time when all of a sudden it was like, Oh, okay. You know, uh, why am I having these blood tests all the time? You start reading stuff and, you know, finding out that these drugs are very potent. And, and I did ask the rheumatologist, I said, well, you know, if I'm taking these drugs, are, is it okay? And he'd go, oh, yeah, we've given people methotrexate for 20, 30 years, and, you know, there's no problems. But then where I worked at the hospital, I, I was always around a lot of um, diseases and, you know, things on keyboards, thing, you know, things like that. And that kind of started worrying me, okay. uh, you know, picking that up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you had some kind of aha moment or a decision or something that. Well, yeah, it just, you know, I started looking around and then I started asking myself, you know, I'm going, why are these blood tests like what's going on here why does he keep checking my liver why is he checking my kidneys you know there's more to this and that was the aha one it was like this isn't good like i I can't go on like this i've got to get i've got to figure this out and and roughly at the same time my wife had um some um health issues as well and that's when i really started to pick up the books and start looking at health from a different perspective because she was going the conventional way um, for her treatment, which was again, very toxic for what she required. And it was just, everything just came at the same time. And it was like, this isn't right. There's got to be answers out there. And then that's when I started to pick up the books, started to read on a lot of the subjects for myself and for my wife and it led me down the line of food Hmm. because I didn't see because I was positive like I wasn't really naked I was very positive yeah like positive minded person my wife was very positive she needed that you know that positive attitude to get through her health crisis at that time as well so food it was just and and food was natural for me because from the 80s I was a bodybuilder and power lifter and I also owned a gym. So food was always diet was always something very important to me. So it was like, it was no, no brainer to, to start looking at, at food and, 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 and it started and it was working for me, you know, in a roundabout way. 
Um, so, so I never question going down that road. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, um, how long was it before when, from when you started experimenting with diet or how did you get off medication? How long did that take? That took me from year 2000 to 2010. So 10 years. You were on medication for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. On AS medication. AS for 10 years. Yeah. And, but I started weaning, it was about five years, Michael, it was when I started to kind of had that aha moment where like my, my, my wife's condition, mine, just this ongoing thing. And then what I did is I experimented for five years on different regiments of diets. Okay. Let's and then, hear about those. Sure. Um, well, one of the first ones is I started with vegetarianism. Okay. I mean, everybody talked about meat not being good. Um, I was eating a high-carb diet, so it made sense to kind of move to, towards that way. Um, it, it kind of helped a little bit, but, I, like, looking back over it, I, I lost a lot of strength. And, and because I was, you know, into bodybuilding and powerlifting and things like that, I, I started to lose muscle size, strength. I wasn't doing great on that, but the food was was good. You know, like as far as it was cleaner. So any any time you're getting away from, you know, like processed type foods. Not that I ate a lot of that, but those types of foods and moving towards it, you, you gain in in that avenue. So I did that for a bit, and then my daughter at that age, I think she was about 15, and she turned uh, vegan. My son moved out. And he was the only other meat eater in the house. So I switched over to vegan and, and very dedicated. Like, like you'd go to the restaurant and you'd have to make sure everything was, you know, there was never touched any of the creams or the dairies. And, and again, that helped a bit. Again, like all these little stages. And, and I made sure it was like a scientific experiment to me. And, and I, I know what drove my sister crazy because I'd be so particular at, you know, when we went out to dinner, you know, to mom's house for Christmas, I couldn't have this, but I had to keep everything like a scientific experiment where I had to stay on that to see if that helped me. So I did that for a while. And again, it, it, it helped a bit, you know, dropping the dairy, you know, that, that kind of, you know, I had a little bit of sensitivity to that because I'd eaten a lot of, of food with dairy um, to be able to be a power lifter and a bodybuilder. Um, as you can see myself right now, I'm in around about 160 pounds. I used to be 235 pounds. As, as, yeah, as a power lifter. Um, so I was eating constantly. So there was a, the, the food I was eating was a tremendous amount. I'd get up in the middle of the night to eat just to maintain that weight. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so as I cleaned up that diet, you know, the, so obviously I've had so much dairy in my time because we had the protein shakes and all that stuff that, 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 that caused me some issues. So I moved from there and then. I was reading on a fruitarian. I don't know if the 80-10-10 diet, you ever heard of that? Of course, I tried. It it was so cool. Like, I mean, I I could go to a store, I could buy like eight bananas and I'd go out in the car and I could have my my meal or I'd buy some pineapple. And I was actually doing good. Like, you know, the the medication, I was still, still doing the medication. But as I was going along, I was working with my rheumatologist and it drove him crazy too because... What I would do is I would go to him, I say, well, let's drop my dosage yeah. and see what happens. So 
I would drop the dosage and then we would have the blood test to follow up to see what my sed rate was, which is how much inflammation I had going on in my body. So we would monitor that. So the fruitarian diet was okay at the start, but then we, we went off to Hawaii for a vacation and all of a sudden my Achilles attendance started bugging me again. And I thought, okay, what's going on here? Something's not right. Looking back now, that was the sugar content from all that sugar was aggravating my ankylosis spondylitis. And, and it was hitting that. So then basically I moved out of the fruitarian diet. And then, you know, um, and where I really came into that is I, I met a doctor, um, Dr. Klein. He was an uh, um, integrative health doctor. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with those. What they are is they're MDs, but they also work on the other side of the natural health and it was very interesting. I had to pay for it out of my own pocket. Uh, in Canada, we have free medical, and it, it's covered from going to GP. But he he wasn't covered by that. It cost I think it was three hundred dollars. Like he sent me a visit for, for the visit. Yeah, for that one visit. And what he did is he sent me about a it was I think a twenty twenty one page questionnaire, and it was asking like. Was I breastfed? Was my mom smoking? What drugs did my mom take? Luckily, my, my mom was alive, you know, to be able to help me with that. And he filled, we filled all that out. I went in and I seen him. He spent two hours with me in an appointment, which is un, unreal for, for an MD to do that. I went away. I came back two weeks later. He read me my life story of where this was. And, and he was looking at from toxicity. Um, and I had worked with plastics, like, like making us vinyl siding. And I was on, I had uh, some mercury, cadmium, you know, some high levels of toxins as well. Plus I wasn't eating any meat at that time. So the first thing he said to me is he said, you can't keep staying clean with your diet. Like you can't always be trying to be super clean uh, and meaning uh, always um, cleansing yourself would be probably the perfect word. So right. you've got to start building yourself again. He said, start eating meat. Right. So the first thing he did is he got me eating meat. Okay. And that really helped my strength. And my symptoms started to go down again because I was also reducing my medications at the time with the doctor, with my rheumatologist. He put me on chelation. Um, are you familiar with chelation? No. Chelation therapy. What they do is they, they hook you up with IV and, and you sit in, a, in an IV chair for about two hours. And it's a, it's a, what it does is it cleans out the toxins out of, out of your system. And then you would go for a toxin challenge. So I'd, I'd do a urine test at his office. Then it would check to see if, if, the, to if the toxicity was going away. I did that for about 20 visits. They weren't cheap. They were about um, 120 bucks a shot. So there was a fair amount of money spent at that time. I stopped doing that after a while because my body wasn't able to get rid of the toxins fast enough with the drugs. Mm -hmm. So the drugs were bringing it out, but my body was just recycling it again. So I could see from my urine test that it was going down, but it was also coming back up again. Right. That, at that time, he also had a physician, because I was high in mercury, there was a dentist in, in his um, 
service delivery team and we had all my mercury fillings taken out. I had probably 13 of them in my mouth. And I had those taken out by, he was a biological um, dentist. And and I'm I'm not sure, are you familiar with biological uh, dentists, with how that procedure goes? No. So what they do is they they gowned me up um, with a gown. They um, put one of those damp dams in my mouth and they they put air on me and they had air on the on the dentist and he drilled around and pulled out every single one of my mercury fillings and the reason they do that is so you don't inhale all the mercury back into you again then they disrobed me took everything out they threw all that stuff out they re-rolled me up again and then we replaced all all my mercury with um, a, a different, uh, more inlays, like like different types of fillings. So I got rid of all my mercury. Then they put me on some vitamin C uh, to be able to help, you know, with getting the mercury out of my system. Mm. That helped. Like that again did did you know you could just tell something that added to that that whole protocol. Um, so I, I so I was able to get rid of um, you know some more of my methyltrexate a little bit more of my meloxicam at that point they'd switch me over to meloxicam because the vioxx was you know was taken off the market at that time uh, i was kind of i didn't have any heart issues from that so and i don't have any heart issues from that medication but i was lucky for that mm-hmm. so i did that um i stopped seeing dr klein after a while um and i followed a path of uh, still adding meat into my diet. I still had grains. I was still eating uh, a little bit of oatmeal. Um, my wheat, I started to uh, take, I uh, stopped eating wheat because Dr. Klein also did some stool samples with me and found that I was teetering on um, a celiac um, for, for, for gluten intolerance and said, you got to be very careful. Don't eat wheat. Again, so from that point on, oh God, it's been probably 12 years or more I haven't had wheat. Right. So I I stayed away from wheat. Recently, I've added it back into my diet and I've been okay. Like I haven't had any spikes from AS, which has been good. Mm -hmm. But it's only sporadically when I feel like, you know, I need like something, you know, on the bread side like i love um cinnamon buttons so you know like a nice cinnamon but you know so i'll add in something like that um so so that's kind of kind of fun so going back to where it was so i I pulled the gluten out of my diet and again that helped again and 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 when i was doing this i I keep saying this it was an experiment for me so I, i didn't do anything else i would stick to just that particular regimen for a period of maybe two to three months and just see how everything was and following my, cause I had the blood test. So they were great because they would show me what was going on. I knew my body wasn't changing. I was still able to do everything I was able to do. Like I had no AS, which was, which was great. Um, then what I did is I, I, I started to come across uh, the paleo, side of it where and paleo very strict paleo is no dairy no grains um no legumes you do a lot they do a little bit more protein um they do a high fat and very low carbs so i got onto that diet and as soon as i got rid of all the grains like i was eating a lot of rices because i needed those you know to add in those carbs and stuff as soon as i got rid of that stuff it was like wow 
like, you know, I was able to drop that, those drugs down to just about nothing. Mm-hmm. And then now we're getting into somewhere around uh, year 2010. And I, I said in my mind, like I was positive all this time. Like I'm going, I'm going, like my driver was, I'm getting off these drugs. And that's what drove me to go through all, all these different stages of diet and kept me online. And it was December. I was getting close to December, you know, into the fall time. And I said, December 25th for my Christmas present, I'm coming off all my drugs. Mm -hmm. And it happened. It was just before Christmas. I had my last rheumatologist um, appointment and he, we looked at my numbers. I said, I'm off. I'm done. I didn't tell him I had gone off a little bit earlier. We did all my tests. Everything was like I was, uh, I can't remember. My set rate was just about zero. Uh, uh, um, you know, all, all the blood work looked good. I was functioning well. I was off. So what we did is I stayed with him for about six months and we did, we just did follow-ups to make sure everything was going and everything was good. And the last appointment I had with him, I said, I, I think we're done. I, I don't. And he said, I'll see you in two years. And I thought that wasn't very nice. I, you know, the, that, you know, all these, you know, we've been together for 10 years right. and he, and he didn't want to even know what I was doing. You know, I, I said to him, I said, do you want to know what I've been doing? And he said, no, you know, he just like, I'll see you in two years. And it's been 2010. It's 2018. It's been eight years. Eight years. And I'm drug free. And you know, I may I may have the sore Achilles tendon a little bit. I, I found when I ate a little bit too much of lectin foods like um, zucchinis, uh, the nightshades. Uh, when summer comes and you get the nice vegetables in where I live and you get the Greek salads and stuff, if I overeat those, I might get a little bit of that and just go, okay, I go off those and, and I'm fine. And today I'm feeling great. I'm as positive as anything. And, and I think there's avenues for people to take a look at diet. But I think you have to be positive and you have to really focus on the foods and not add in a bunch of other stuff because it skews everything. And then you don't know what is actually working for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I think it takes a really, really disciplined person. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like I'll go back and my sister just, she thought I was crazy. She's five years older than me and she still thinks, you know, it's funny. She still thinks from what the doctor had said, you go into remission. And I don't believe that. Like, you know, I, I always believed I could cure myself and you run into people and people say, well, you're not cured. And I say, well, then what am I? <laughs> like if you're in remission, mm-hmm. you know, it's not coming back. Like, like I've, I, I believe I've cured myself and that's what I've always looked at it. I'm cured. Like, you know, I mean, it, it's like anything. If you've got a disease, I mean, you can make yourself sick again by doing bad things that don't work well for your body. But if you live like a healthy um, ancestral type lifestyle, and, and, I, and I use ancestral because the foods that we used to eat prior to 
10,000 years ago when food was more domesticated. That's what we've been used to for, you know, 2 million years. The last 10,000 10, years hasn't been long enough for our bodies to really um, be able to digest it. And maybe some people can. And I was just happened to be one of the persons that couldn't deal with that type. Plus, looking back, Michael, when I had said I had been, you know, up around 230, 235 as a powerlifter, I was eating a lot of that food. So I think I overate a lot of that food. Yeah, okay. Okay, and I think that's what happened to me. I, I, I just, it was way too much. Like, my wife and I, we'd go to uh, a, a, a farmer's market or something. I'd get a whole loaf of bread, and we'd eat, you know, we'd eat that whole loaf of bread right right there. Like, it was just, you know. You're so just I mean, packing in the calories. Just packing the calories, like, you know, yeah. six, 7,000 calories a day. <laughs> yeah. You know, it would, you know, but it, it, my body burned and I didn't carry, I didn't carry excess body fat, right, but it was, right. you know, a lot that way. Burned it. Yeah. Now, no, uh, uh, I have a question. question. What do you think? Like, I've heard that AS, AS sometimes, sometimes dissipates or doesn't get, doesn't get it lessens as you get older, depending on like, because I know hormones change as you get older. I've heard that. Um, though I've also seen some people, it doesn't improve as they get older. Do you think any of that played in with you? Well, or have you heard about that? Or no, I haven't really heard too much that that actually, as you get older, it gets less. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it could. I mean, I, I wouldn't not question it because I mean, obviously, I was getting older. So I mean, I was thirty nine. But I also heard people at 29 and, and younger had it. You know, I got hit later. Really? You know, really it started I, for yeah. me when I was, I was, I think, 9 or 10 when it started yeah. for me. Yeah, which is, which, that's a long, you know, you were young. I mean, the only thing I could, that I got when at puberty was, was allergies, which, I mean, I don't know if that's something with it. But, but yeah, mine was later. And then, but it hit me hard. Yeah. And then we were able to get it under control, like I said, with the drugs, and then it went away. But, um, I mean, my hormone levels were getting checked at that time, testosterone, you know, all the different things. And, you know, and they were all within the normal ranges. And so I I didn't, you know, I I looked at um, the growth hormones and and things like that, and and nothing was weird that way. But, no, I, I haven't. I haven't come across that in my research. Yeah, cool. But mine is all more diet related. And what, yeah. what about exercise? Do you still exercise now, or did was that a big part of your getting off medication? Did did you feel like those were hand in hand in your healing, well, the, the diet and exercise, or not? No, good question. Because uh, a beautiful question. Because looking back now. You can imagine when I was powerlifting and competitive bodybuilding, um, I was squatting 520 pounds. I was deadlifting 520. Wow. Yeah, I was bench pressing 370 pounds. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I was, and this was in my in my you know early 20s. Wow. As I got older, obviously I didn't lift as as heavy, but that again contributes to inflammation. Yeah. And and what is the, what is this this disease is disease of inflammation, okay? So that was another thing. I as I you know, and it's funny because you you say as you get older maybe it goes away. Well, from my place, from my place, yeah, it did because as I got older, um, my weight training wasn't as as much. And and when I was talking about 
when I got to 39 and I described my life, I was playing hockey. I was running a couple times a week at lunchtime. I was weight training three times a week. You know, I had the kids, the work and all that. Well, all those are inflammation things. So now I train twice a week. I do maybe body, body weight, push-ups, pull-ups, uh, some squats like air squats or, or jumps in the air and some planks. So that's a considerable um, less workout than I did those other years. Like when I was powerlifting, it was two, three hours a day in the gym, and I'd be in for three, um, off for one, in for three, and off for two. So my body was always in this inflammation stuff. Then diet was huge for inflammation, what I was eating, which was high carbs, which, again, inflames your body. And then the stress levels with work, um, again, you know, the flu shots and all, you know, all that stuff was inflaming my body. So I really think where, from my perspective, and, 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 and probably with a lot of people, it gets that inflammation down. And how you do that varies from different people. So if you're doing it from a, from a mind standpoint, if you can get your stress level down, your inflammation goes down. So, so it was a great question. You asked me that because I, I, I forgot, you know, I forgot about that. It, 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 you know, that has changed my, you know, and, and that part of the, the retirement, not that everybody can be in a position to retire, but because my, with my wife's condition and we we're financially okay, I was able to retire because I, I was trying to get stress down out of our life. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing we did, we had a, you know, a big, beautiful house. We followed that same thing a lot of people do as you increase your wages in life and you get further up. Like I, I was up as a senior manager when I retired, you know, making good money. But I had my debt around there was, was high as well because you live that life that the more you have, the more you spend. And then mm -hmm. but you, you have the same amount of money. <laughs> so we downsized. Okay. Okay, and then we were able to become, you know, mortgage-free, which helps, you know, all that stress stuff. Right. So that, that really helped out. So, so coming back to it, that, that, those to me are, are mind pieces as well. I wasn't really doing them, but for some reason in my gut, I was following that. Right. Like, you know, to, yeah, to kind of go, well, do we want to really have this really nice house have you know a high mortgage when we could take that money and then invest it and then use that money for retirement mm -hmm. and 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 I think when it, when the retirement came that that really you know everything just went right. you know I, I didn't you know I didn't have to worry about money I mean you still worry about money because you know your money's in the market right <laughs> so <laughs> you know so so you're, you're goes up and down <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm not a, I'm not a uh, you know, a super rich person, but I'm comfortable. Yeah. You know, and, and things like, like that. But uh, yeah. What about meditation or anything like that? Did you ever get into that or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did meditation. It, it, it's funny. I asked that one as well. Uh, when I was working with the health authorities, um, management was put on uh, management training and one of them, you had a, a coach, and he was a social worker at the hospital at the time. And he put me on to a product. And can I talk about a product? 
Uh, yeah, okay? meditation. Okay. I'd love to hear yeah. about your... There was one called Holy Sink. And it was he was out of oh, Portland. Yeah. I can't remember the gentleman's name. And you would meditate for 30 minutes. I think it was called the dive at that time. And you would do 30 minutes for two weeks. And then you would do then you would add another level. I think it was immersion. It was called for another 30 minutes. So I did that. I'd get up in the morning at five in the morning before the family got up and I would do my hour of meditation. And then as then you would increase um, you would, as you went through a particular program, say four weeks or something like that, then you would upgrade to the next one. And then you, and it would be at a different um, beat. So, so that type of meditation was binaural where you would put headphones on and excuse me, it would take, you know, the beats and it would change you into alpha, beta, all those different levels. So, yeah, so it was great. But what I got is I ran out of time. Like all this stuff I was doing, I couldn't spend an hour a day, Mm. you know, to do this. But I got to the point where um, you did the subliminal stuff. So you would actually say affirmations of what you wanted to, and it would send back the Holy Sync. And then they would um, record that into your uh, sessions and it would and mine was all being healthy want to get rid of drugs you know my as and you know all that stuff so it was getting pumped into my mind mm-hmm. and then i stopped that but i still did meditation myself what i i just kind of went off and i just tried to stop my mind because if you can imagine with my job i had 23 people reporting to me um, you're familiar with where I live on Vancouver Island. Um, where I lived, I had there was a data center in my town, plus there was a data center in Victoria. And I would spend half my time in Victoria and half my time in Nanaimo. And the stress level was high, and, and just trying to get that stress under there. So my meditation was just stopping my mind from thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all my life I was thinking that I need to have my mind going all the time. And, and it was like, in, like if I always had, like I always felt like in the back of my mind, I was figuring out answers to what was going on at work. So even though I was at home, my mind was always working. So I realized I needed to shut my mind down, but it was coming to that uh, realization that that wasn't a good thing, having my mind going all the time. I thought it was a great thing because, you know, here I am, I'm super productive. My boss is loving me. The organization loves me because I'm getting all this done, but I'm, but I'm killing myself, right. you know, and I'm, I'm sorry, pardon? Oh yeah. I just, yeah. right. You're learning you yeah. learn to. Yeah. The, the inflammation, you know, I'm getting all this stuff. So, so what I did is I just kind of just took, you know, 20 minutes and I sat and just, you know, to myself and tried not to think or did some breathing exercises. I like the one where I breathe for um, breathe in for five seconds, hold my breath and then breathe out for another five. It's kind of like a cue. Mm. You need to do a box like that. That one helped me. Sounds like um, a for, form of pranayama. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like that, but it, you kind of got, ex- if when you first started, you, you kind of get, yourself excited because you're holding your breath and then sometimes you hold it too long, you know, and, and it gets, so you're not really calming yourself down until you get used to it. I think this uh, Navy SEALs use it 
for, oh. for some of theirs. That's sort of where I picked it up from. Okay. So I did that. And then I, I did take a course um, with a local um, yoga studio that did actually meditation, but it was theory of meditation, which was really neat. And we, we actually would sit around, we'd have our meditation pillow we would sit on and then we would go through different uh, types of meditation where you're sitting in a room looking at um, just with your eyes closed and looking at a candle burning and things like that and learning the theory so I've done that so it is something I do and I still do it today except for I use a product called brainwave which you can just put on your iPhone and it's binaural again and they've got I think there's one that's 28 different ones that you can do like you can do um for sleeping if you want to do a little cat nap for 30 minutes in the day or if you just want to do a morning meditation afternoon meditation and i'll just go upstairs and i'll just do that type of meditation and and it and i continue to do that and, and i try and do it every morning uh for 20 minutes cool that's that's awesome yeah. it sounds like you is there any other inner work um anything like uh working with a psychologist or playing, uh, learning about emotion or anything like that that you've experimented with in order to reduce stress in so doing, reducing your inflammation? Was that ever a part of your... No, I never... I, I didn't go down that avenue of, of going to see professional help from that perspective. It, it, everything was working. Like it, it, was, it was working and, and I didn't need to go there. Mm -hmm. um, maybe if the drugs didn't work right away... And I, I got into that that spin where things nothing was working for me. I was lucky enough that the things were able to work. It's just I had to, I, it just got that aha moment and thinking like there's got to be another way than drugs because he's not fixing me. He's just masking everything. Mm -hmm. So I didn't. I never got to that deep darkness. Yeah. I was always able to get. I don't know. It was it was weird. I, I was always able to get out of the bed even though I was in pain. Yeah. I was always, and, and I think it goes back to when my dad, he, he, he was a laborer and I remember him having a bad back and he worked in the cement place and he would get out of bed in the morning, roll onto his back and get himself up and get out of bed and get into work. Cause that was the most important thing was to get the family fed. Right. And I think that kind of was embedded into me seeing that and that's what i did and it got me up out of bed knowing that when i took those first few steps in the morning it was going to be super painful mm -hmm. but i knew once i started walking i was going to get better so i never needed that type of stuff but definitely the meditation now that we look back and we talk about it that's that that that, that helps that journey that health journey definitely Right. Yeah. Amazing. That sounds it's incredible what you've been through. Tell me a little bit about I'm just going to go turn a light on because I'm getting dark right now. But yeah, talk, I see that yeah. talk while I'm turning the light on. Um, tell me about tell us about your passion for helping other people out and about that. Yeah, the um, what I've what I've gathered over the years, and I think this is where I can help a lot of people you know, it's been 18 years. I've gone through a lot of stages where I've gone through a lot of different diets. I've tried umpteen different things on, on what needs to be done. And I, and I got this passion that I can help people. Like I, why go through everything that I've gone through when we can shortcut it 
and 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 get to the get to the meat of it quicker. And and that's when I see people that that are struggling with AS or struggling just with inflammation issues, or you know, it can even be diabetes or, or anything like that. They can get they can fix it. Like like you can fix it. You don't have to go with the conventional medicine. And uh, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do when I retired is I wanted to volunteer my services, but I couldn't find somewhere to volunteer within the medical system because I didn't believe in it because I don't think that's the way to go. I think it's the way to go at the start, maybe to get you going, but there's alternatives. So where my passion comes in now is that's where I realized is it's not volunteering. It's, it's getting people away from the conventional stuff, but still working with their physician over to a a more of a natural way to hopefully alleviate the symptoms. And if they're lucky enough, come, you know, be able to get away from their symptoms completely without any drugs. I can't, I'm not a doctor, so I can't prescribe or cure anybody, but I I think I have the knowledge to be able to help them over those bumps. And what I've done is I've become a health coach now. And health coach is not really um, like a nutritionist or, or saying this is what you need to follow, but it, it, it's a person there to help you through those hard times and make you accountable. And, and if you don't have somebody to make you accountable and you're not that type of person, I was lucky enough I was accountable to myself, but you need somebody to help you handhold you through those tough, those tough times because they are tough. You know, when you start looking at it and things may not be working that way, it's too easy to go back to the drugs again because they relieve you. But you need somebody to, you know, to help you and, and, and say, you know, you're doing it right. Now look what you've done. Look at where you've come from. You know, here you, 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 know, you had a lot of drugs and you weren't doing well. Well, look, look where we've come so far. You know, look back and, and, don't, and, and look forward. It's about looking forward. It's not looking back or, or what you can't do. It's what if what what can what have I been able to do? And I think that's important. And that's where you know you need somebody in your corner to help you. And it's either if you've got a family member that can help you, that's great. Some people just don't have that family. Sometimes, like I said, with my you know my sister's great. I love her, but she's a very um, in the conventional medics medicine side. Like doctors are 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 God, mm. you know, and they've got that white robe on and they know everything, but they don't have that that particular type of training that health coaches have. Um, they don't have that nutritional training. They don't have you know that you know they're usually specialized in something and and they don't see that whole picture. I, I think where health coaching will help is if they work alongside a physician and help. Uh, in my case, with the rheumatologist, if if he's seen different avenues on that, he could have had a health coach to or health coach to help that person or help me through those periods to get to get where you need to. Right. And that's where my passion is, Michael, is, is is being that person to help people to get to get through that. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, did you train with uh, the same people that uh, integrative or? Did you take a course or anything like that? Or? Yeah, what I did. What I did is um, one thing when I was building my case of, of where I went from the food. I went from paleo over to primal, and Mark Sisson um, 
he was a, uh, an ex-marathoner, and he had big problems with his health because he was eating the carbs and training too hard. Like, you know, that question you asked me, he was marathoning. He was, a, I think he was uh, in the um, Olympics trials as well. So he was very high up there and then he was getting sick all the time. So he's gone the other way and, and I followed him and, and he allows a little bit more uh, food than the paleo people. So your dairy is good if you can handle it. Um, you know, some grain, uh, some grains like quinoa and things like that. So what I did is I resonated over with Mark and I followed Mark for you know, probably the last you know, six or seven years on his work. And he came up with a course. It, it's a primal health coach and you get certified and it's a four month course that you put you through and you learn right from the start from uh, ancestral so how that diet fits and why it fits in there and when different stages throughout, uh, you know, our, our existence and when things change. And then you learn uh, about biology and genes and, you know, and, and uh, you know, you can, you can change genes, not, not that you can change the genes, but you can, you can have them firing different ways. So for instance, if, you know, if your family is you know, prone to diabetes, it doesn't mean you're going to get diabetes, but lots of times what happens is when you live in that family and you move out, you eat the same way. So you end up maybe with diabetes down the line. But if you changed your eating habits or your different habits, you'll go down a different path and you won't turn on those genes. So that's the, the training I took. So, so I, I took my certification there as well as uh, when I was, uh, I was a raw vegan uh, for about uh, – about two years. So I was a raw foodist and I was like the hundred percent raw foodist. Like I was like, where did, where did those cashews come through? Were they true? Did right. you steam them? You know, like I, you know, I thrilled people because again, it was my scientific, you know, experiment. Right. I needed to make sure I was eating raw, but living in Canada, I was freezing in the winter time oh. because you could do that in, in California or, or in warmer climates, but you, you get in the winter time, you're freezing eh, if you're eating all raw food. Oh, wow. So I, so what I did is I, I got certified uh, through David Wolf and there was a, uh, and, and through his, so I'm a, a raw, a raw food nutritionist. So I also oh. have that. So, so, so it's quite, it's quite funny. So when I, when I introduce myself to people, I say I'm certified as a raw food nutritionist and i'm also certified as a primal person which is you know more towards um you know whole foods like like lots of vegetables but meat and higher fat where when i'm on the other side you know you're eating higher carbs more you know all vegetables uh, fruits and stuff like that so i i think i can offer a lot to people where you're on both sides because i i truly think there is a piece for the raw food to get yourself cleansed from, especially if you if you have like a sad diet, like the standard American diet, where you're eating a lot of processed foods, and you got to clean yourself out. Right. Okay. And and most of those diets, what they do is they clean you out because if you get rid of those processed foods, like the unhealthy fats, um, canola oils, you know, all those types of ones, those cause inflammation. You eat more of the, the saturated fats, the fish oils, you know, the good oils. Those are the healthy ones that get your inflammation down. Mm. So, so part of that course of what I did is that it also teaches you about the eating. But we're not dogmatic about that approach. Like, I don't go to somebody and say, you have to eat this way. 
what I do is we sit down and we work together and we find out. I'd say, okay, Michael, what is your goal? Like, what, what do you want to get to? And, you know, it could be weight loss. It could be get my inflammation down. And then what we do is we put together a program of how we get there. And I make you make the program because you're the one that has to drive that. Like, I can put something on paper, but if it's not, if it doesn't interest you or if it doesn't hit that chord to make you emotional, you won't do it. Yeah. And, 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 and sometimes health isn't the, isn't the trigger for that. You actually have to do that. So that, so that's where that course has also taught me the other side of it, because I used to coach people off the side just for free because, you know, it was, but there was no skin in the game. So they, they had no money in there, so they didn't really help. Yeah. But, and then also I didn't have that coaching Training. I had the nutritional training, which I was able to teach myself and also help my, my wife battle her, her conditions um, and things like that. Um, so I had that part, but I didn't have the soft skills of the coaching. So yeah. this program has pulled it together and allows me now to look at the other side of it. And, and it's more the accountability, you know, having the person really build it themselves. So that's what the, the, the courses I have under my belt. That sounds wicked. Um, let's talk about um, your experience with folks not having any, any skin in the game in terms of uh, there being an exchange of money. Now, that to me is a huge topic. For me, when I was younger, looking for people to, I don't know, looking for answers, I, I felt distrustful around folks that were asking for money. Now, yeah. get it now. It makes sense. It's perfect. But I think it's really great to hear your point of view because you said that you coach people for free. And then what was your experience with that? Because I know for me, when I started, when I paid a little bit of money for advice, I was really attentive. Like exactly. once I was financially committed, then it was like I was going to do what they said. Yeah. If I believed in, in their thing, if it resonated with me. Like you said, if it had yeah. an emotional sort of a good feeling to it, a light feeling. Anyway, talk a little bit about your experience with that. Yeah. Well, you're right about that. I mean, it's a skin in the game because when I coach people that didn't, they, they listen to me, but we would go maybe, you know, a month, maybe a month and a half, and then they would slowly start progressing, you know, not progressing, but, you know, coming back down to where they were before. They, they just, there was nothing in there to keep them going. I like I don't charge a lot, but just, you gotta, you gotta charge something to keep people, you know, going. Um, it's, it's like, I always look at the SPCA that looks after dogs and then you go in to get buy a dog from them they don't give it to you they charge you a little bit of money and the reason they charge you the money is you you've put something in there so they're hoping that when you take the dog the cat home with you that you know you'll 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 embrace it and love the the animal Mm -hmm. um so this is kind of the same thing i look at that you know you got to put a little bit of money in there there's some people that i was able to do with no money and they they were fine but that's a particular, those are the anomalies, you know, they, they don't come along very often. But what I find is when people pay a little bit, it helps them. And it's the same thing when I go back to Dr. Klein, when I talked about that couple hundred bucks I had to pay for that one visit for that, you know, that thing for the three, sorry, $300 I had to pay. I had to put money in. 
Mm-hmm. And I had to, you know, and I had to, you know, when I, you know, 300 bucks is not cheap. You know, I, I like, I'm sorry, there's probably people in the States that pay more than that. But when you're getting free medical, you know, I had to, you know, I talked to my wife about it and said, I'm going to do this. And, and when I did that, that really, you know, that made me follow what he, what he had said. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you get what you pay for. I mean, yeah. free advice is everywhere. I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. you know, yeah. Cool. That's uh, uh, that's really helpful. I, I think it's a really important uh, topic thing to to discuss. And uh, so, um, before we talk about your contact information, which we definitely should go through, um, is there anything else that you'd like to add as we kind of wrap things up? Anything we missed out? Anything that you were thinking of? We should. No, I mean, I, I. I I think where I went down the diet line was the way that my mind worked. Okay, I seen food as the trigger to this. But when we go back and look at it from this conversation, and if I listen back to the podcast and go, there was a lot of mind piece in it. And and it was being the positive side of it. So I think that's really important. And is, is, is to get yourself out of that downer mode that, okay, I'm going to go through this day again. I know this is going to hurt, but you got to have that emotion. You got to have something that you got to work towards. Mine was getting off the drugs. I don't know, Michael, did you have something yourself that you, what, what drove you to that? To, to um, you know, to, to get out, to get out of that, to get it away from AS. Right. Um, Well, the drugs really um, tore up my body. They like when I took NSAIDs and they they gave me extreme uh, ulcers, and you know I lost a ton of weight. I was bleeding, you know, out of my you know in my stool, couldn't digest any food. Um, so that's really scared me. And then my symptoms got a lot worse. Yeah. So the drugs yeah. didn't work, and I was in worse shape than I'd ever been in my life. So that yeah. really woke me up to. I may have to take things into my own hands and look at a natural solution. And so for me, yeah, I, I just I just didn't accept I think from day one that that I was I was doomed to be in pain the rest of my life. Now, there were days when I thought that was the case, you know. <laughs> when you know what I mean? I was like, This oh, is yeah. it. I'm done. Yeah. And I yeah. think anyone with our condition or that has had it knows what we're talking about. So yeah. But at the end of the day, I guess there was more days that I believed that, you know, I would, that I'd figure something out. So it took a long time, like, you know, 50, like I had it for 26 years or something. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I, I think it was kind of similar to you. It was like, I believed that I, that it would, that I could find a way and that it was, there was a natural solution, you know. And, and that's what I hope your listeners get from, from my story is that they've got to go inside and they've got to find out what that driver is that's going to drive them to get away from that. As if it's wanting to see their grandkids or go play with their grandkids or you've got to find that little thing that's going to drive you and get those emotions over there. It's the same as learning. 
things that you learn the best is when you're emotionally tied to it or you have some sort of emotion to it. So you need to get that motion, emotion and then tie it to it and drive towards it. And, and, and always remember that if it didn't work, you're one step closer. And Einstein always looked at that. Like when he failed at one of his experiments, he was always one step closer to the right answer. So you're getting closer as opposed to getting further away. Like I went like the fruitarian. I mean, that was great, but I mean, it caused me grief. Now yeah. I know because my inflammation went crazy. The sugar just drove it nuts. Yeah. But now I know not to do that. So, yeah. okay. So I learned something and, and I would never, I would never not do what I did. Like I said earlier, I would go the same road again. I would start the drugs, get myself under control. So I was in a position where I could be positive. Okay. I was lucky enough that the drugs did work for me yourself. Obviously you were on them longer. So you got those symptoms. I, I got the ulcers in the mouth. I also had um, an ulcer too, which, you know, you had to take the antibiotics too within that that process, but I was able to stay, like I got myself in that positive manner and it's just staying positive. And again, that's mind meditation, you know, the diet, the focus and affirmations just a little, you mentioned pardon affirmations, you affirmations. Mentioned. Yeah. Just, you know, getting better every, every day, you know, getting up, you know, journaling, whatever works for you, even like, and you don't even have to meditate. Like if you're not a person that meditates, just go walk in the forest or go to a park in your city. Mm, yeah. You know, and just, just like the trees are healers. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did, I did hiking for, you know, uh, two years with a group. We, you know, they were, you know, I'm, I'm now 57. They were, uh, some of them were 70, 71 years old. The guy that led the, 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 the hikes for us was 71 years old. He had triple bypass, and but that was his healer, and that's that's another way of meditating. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Agreed. But, uh, Nature yeah. is powerful. Yeah, that's, I, I don't think there's anything else that, that I can share other than just being positive and just look for the, look for the little wins. It's like you're not looking for big things. It's yeah. the little wins, and just try and look at those. And go forward with them. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, thanks. I I uh, I feel like I, although you know you you really went uh, you feel that diet was one of the major contributors to your your healing, and I believe I mean for me I think it was too. Learning how to eat right that was huge. I wasn't eating right, and yeah. I learned how to do it. It took years. And yeah. so for me, you know what, I agree too that diet, cleaning up my diet and learning my body, learning about my body, what my body likes, you know, yeah. that, that's huge. And so, um, and so I feel like you, you fit in really well in this, in this podcast and, and you've done an incredible thing and you're an incredible inspiration and, uh, you know, I think you have a lot to offer. So I hope people, um, if if um, if Bill resonates with you, if you're if you think you know what I kind of identify with this guy, contact him. What have you got to lose? Like nothing. And and I, I think it was those people that I when I was listening to them and I went, you know what I, I kind of get what this guy's saying or uh, this guy, I'm enthusiastic about listening to this guy. You know, those are the people. Just reach out and and contact him. You know, and so how. 
let us know your your contact information, and of course, I'll put a link or a uh, a link in the description as well. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. I I have a website. It's it's attuned to you. So it's a t t u n e t o u o u dot c a. Okay. And on there has has a lot of information um, about my about what what I offer. I do offer a, a free thirty minute call. Uh, people can. It's called a discovery call. And what it does is it allows us to chat for 30 minutes free. And then we decide, are, are we, one is to me is, are we both compatible to work together? Cause that's very important to be successful. Mm-hmm. So we, so I offer that up and then we discuss uh, one of the, I'll send out uh, a questionnaire just to kind of get an idea of what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve. And then we discuss those. And then, like I said, we, we see if there's a relationship, if there is, then we talk about how we take that forward. Um, the other way you can get a hold of me is through info at attune to you.ca. That's, that's, you know, another way to get a hold of me. The website is probably the best. I do a, um, a monthly newsletter. I try to put something together on a monthly basis. Uh, there is a form to sign up for that on my website. And what I'll do is I'll email out the, uh, the newsletter and I usually cover something from, um, diet related, um, maybe inflammation. Another one that's key that we never talked about was about sleep. I think mm. sleep hygiene is very important. Yeah. Like get, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not into the, you know, okay, you got to get eight hours a day or a night, sorry, sleep. It's, it's more setting yourself up at night. Like I have a set of, of uh, blue blocker glasses that I put on at night to block out the blue light just to get myself ready with the melatonin. So I can go to, you know, get, get to sleep at night. Um, it, mean, it's more, do you mean the sorry? blue light, blue light from the computer and the television? Do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. This is, I'll, I'll put these on if people want to see them, yeah. but these are, those are my blue and I'll, and I'll wear those. And, and what it does is, um, it blocks out the blue lights from, um, the house lights. Oh, okay. And, uh, so as soon as, as soon as it gets dark out, I put my glasses on. Um, it also blocks out from the computer. There's also a, a, a program you can get, uh, and flux that you can put on your computer and it, what it does is it takes the blue light out as, as the, as the night comes in your area. So it works off your, uh, um, latitude and longitude, um, where you live. And then what I do is I, I you stay away from like your iPhone and try and cut yourself down. Mm. You want to get your room dark. You want to, you know, make sure it's cool, cooler. So you're, you're in a cooler environment and it's, it's more how many, REM cycles you go through. So you usually go through 1.5 hours, you know, for, for each cycle and you try and cycle four to five of those a night. And then you wake up and hopefully you can wake up without the alarm clock. And then what you try and do is you try and set your circadian rhythms again in the morning by just getting outside maybe for 10 minutes, even though it's not sunny out, but if you just get outside and then what that does is shuts down your melatonin and then you're not sleepy in the morning. And then your serotonin kicks in. So it's important to keep that cycle going. So that's something I, I'll talk about in my in my newsletter. I'll give a little tip. Like this, um, the last one I put out for February, I had the, about the blue blockers, about how I love those. And then I had another pair of glasses that, that block all light ex- except for red. And I just put those on a couple minutes just before bedtime, like half an hour. And that blocks everything out. And I'll watch TV, but everything's red. And, like, <laughs> I'll watch some of my shows. Uh, I'll watch um, one of them is uh, 
um, a Caribbean life or something like that. And they'll be showing a house and they'll all be red. And they'll see all the colors on the wall and they'll be looking at be all red to me. But, you know, things like that. And then uh, another one I'll do is, um, uh, you know, like sleep um, and stress management. So I'll give something on stress management as well. Just, just a little, just a little blurb. So I, I kind of include that. Yeah. And the odd time I'll, I'll do a blog. I'll write up a blog or something like, um, one, one I, I wrote on about marathoners, um, people who run marathon. Um, if you look at them, they're, they're not always in the most healthiest shape. And I think a lot of that to do is, is with inflammation and because they believe that they run, that they can eat whatever they want. And you can't, you can't, you can't, um, exercise, uh, sorry, you can't out exercise a bad diet. And so what you'll see in a lot of coffee shops after a, a run, a lot of the runners will, will, will go there and they'll be eating donuts and they think they're okay, <laughs> but that actually causes inflammation. So I, 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 I kind of, and it's kind of a fun thing, you know, I, I kind of throw those in as well, you know, just kind of, you know, it's not probably not the, in, in your best interest to do that. My wife was a marathon runner. Um, qualified for Boston and New York and things like that. I think that caused some issues for her because it beats down your immune system, you know, right. going too often mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Cool. Very interesting. Yeah. So um, I want to get on the news list. I definitely, I'll be sending out for that. I definitely want to get in on uh, your information for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you very much for coming on. And well, thank, thank you. It's been an honor. Real pleasure. Yeah. I, I hope, I really, really hope I, I, can, I can help somebody. Not even if you don't call me, just, you know, or, or, or ask for any of my services. Just be positive and just find what that is that you need to drive and you can do it. Everybody can do it. I've done it. Michael, you've done it. There's probably tons of people on this podcast that have done it. Uh, if you go into Twitter, you'll see people who've, 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 who've turned this around. And, and you can do it with natural ways. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, a pleasure. And uh, um, tune in for the next one. Okay. Okay. Thank right. you. Welcome. Bye. The text and audio files contained in this program are for information use only. It is not meant to treat, cure, diagnose any medical health condition you may or may not have. For medical advice and treatment, please speak to a medical health professional.